It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Show, 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 indeed show. Today we are taking our regular look, as is our will, at the wonderful world of Glate Pro G Pro Wrestling, versions 37 and 38. Version 39 came out in the middle of the week, so neither of us have time to watch it, but I'm sure we'll get to it in time. And the person here is to join me is our Gleet correspondent, Mr. Marcus Green. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Feels good to be back. Uh Shout out to all of the True Penny uh, faithful. Y'all know, you know, we always get get you caught up with Glee one way or another. You know, so you know, <laughs> you know, we give you we give you double doses. Seems to be our pattern. So uh, I guess you can expect thirty nine and forty soon enough after uh, after we knock out these two. Oh, definitely. I think we as as soon as they've got them recorded. I know they were recording today, so. <laughs> Because uh, I, I saw uh, some tweets. I don't know what happened, but I saw some tweets from Michio Miyagi and from 60 Seconds and from um, uh, Shima. So I'm sure there is cool stuff for coming. Uh, we are going to start at Sapporo, Hokkaido, Japan, at Sapporo Ian One Stadium. I, I'm sure if I butchered the pronunciation, 277 in attendance is available on YouTube. We will stick it on the end of this. We had Hartley Jackson making his Strong Hearts debut. Uh, sorry, not Strong Hearts debut, making his uh, bulk orchestra debut. Um, he was with, uh, he appeared with uh, Czech Shimitani and also Tamura, who has, you know, the former now tag team champions as, um, uh, where are we? Ayoto Tamura had a hand injury. Which I'm not being funny. I think he needed someone wrapping it better than they got because that looked like he'd been wrapped by a by a child. I'll be honest; it looked comedically big. <laughs> but yes, your um, uh, then current in the uh, G Infinity Tag Team Champions had to relinquish the belts because of uh, that particular injury. So Hartley Jackson stepping in as of the new, latest member of Bulk Orchestra. Ayota Tamura having to show him how to do the bulk orchestra poses as they went through the show, which was quite funny. Um, and they went up against 60 seconds. Keiichi Sato and Tetsui Izuchi, um, who, you know, are very, very good at what they do. We like them a lot here. Uh, and this was an interesting match. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Uh, I nearly said John then, Marcus. It's because I've had John on for the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out, to, shout out to John. He's the iron. He's the droop in the iron man right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, the lead always do solid openers. This was obviously my introduction to, uh, to Jackson, uh, big boy, as you would imagine, you know, that's, you know, bulk don't play about the bulk when they, you know, pull in more guys for the orchestral, if you will. So, uh, you know, uh, big guy, hulking guy work well, I think with, uh, Shimatani. Um, and God bless 60 seconds. They put in the work, but it's just, again, you know, uh, there's obstacles and then there's mountains, you know, and then, you know, I think that's that's how orchestras always come off. And with this guy in there, you know, that's just another bit of uh, ember to their fire. And uh, like I said, God bless 60 seconds, but, it, you know, 10, 10 minutes and six seconds, they, they closed it out pretty dominantly. So, um, like I said, it's not an opener. Uh, but you know, going forward, if if you know they if checking and Harley got their eyes on tag titles, 
you know, I can't see them being too long off from getting them, you know. No, true. They were, they were smooth, they were tight, and uh, Harley Jackson's had a lot of uh, experience in Japanese wrestling. Um, he was a pro wrestler 01 regular for quite some time, and obviously that's where a lot of uh, great personnel have come from in the last couple of years. Um, uh, he also wrestled for DDT this year and BJW. He's done the rounds in Japan, Tenru Project and Ice Ribbon, bizarrely. <laughs> He's also wrestled for a women's promotion. There you go. He's done everything as you possibly can. Uh, EPW in Australia, he's a regular there. I've seen him on their speeds as well. Uh, he's been work, he's worked in New Japan, NWA. So he's a 40, he's a 23-year veteran, only at the age of 42, which is pretty impressive. So if he's coming back on a regular basis, he's a bit of a good signing for Blake, really, isn't he? He's got a bit of ballast to the roster. No, absolutely. And with guys like, you know, Hero and, and you know, the Bulk and, you know, some some others that we've seen, they, they and we talk about this a lot, they have, really have a good balance of, you know, variety of talent, whether it be varying from guys like, um, who we'll get stuck to later on the second call, guys like Flamita and obviously, you know, uh, you know, some of the more smaller guys uh, to, you know, medium size to, you know, these big, like I said, to these Bulk type of guys but that can also you know kind of move like the smaller guys so they got a really very roster not just in terms of, of skill set and, and styles but also body types which i like yeah definitely you know for a small roster they've got such a lot of variety in what they've done and what they're doing but yeah and the, the fans did love hartley they they like a big guy in sapporo um and of course check shimitani he wrestles like he's six foot eight but he's not <laughs> I, I'll give you a right. Seito and Izuchi were like proper speed demon tag team wrestling. Go uh, 60 seconds have kind of like cornered the market on the, that slick tag team wrestling. You kind of expect it from Strong Hearts because they've been together for so long through how many different promotions. But 60 seconds are starting to gel as a faction and they're kind of priding themselves on crisp tag team wrestling, which is. Kind of in a mold of what LIJ do with New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, it's, it's kind of that second sense of just get the job done, and they're really good at it. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. Shall we move on? Mm-hmm. Okay, so next up, we were on our UWF Lidette um, outing, as is usually one for show. And as of as of late, we've had an awful lot of Michiko Miyagi and Mike Fukuda, and this was no different. Only time, well. It was one different in one sense. It did not last very long. Miyachiko Miyagi was not hanging about. One minute and 38 seconds puts her away with the Boston Crab. To be honest with you, um, it, it was j- just brutal. It was a, it was a fight. And um, I think there's a level of frustration that's come out in Miyagi that Fikuda isn't moving on. I think that's the story they're trying to tell with these particular matches because she's wrestled her a lot. And it started out as, you know, quite friendly and, uh, you know, a nice sporting rivalry because obviously they tag team together as well. And now it's just not. It's handing out some beatings and trying to get a reaction out of her. Um, like watching watching as we as we uh, commentate here, and Miyagi's got her in the garden is just pounding on her, which is, you know, it's um, it tells you how far Miyagi's come because she did not look comfortable in a shoot environment even a year ago, but now it's kind of her thing, and it's she does it really well. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? 
Yeah, I mean, also, I was, you know, um, these UWF matches are becoming some of my favorites to watch on, on Glee. Um, and specifically these two young ladies who I very much, um, you know, became akin to when I first saw them. And, and I was very much, of course, looking forward to that um, coming into it. And then, you know, my smile quickly turned it down into a tear. Because um, <laughs> I what it was. It, it, it full, full cool. I'd just be rooting for her so much. Uh, specifically in those tag situations, because at least then she has help. Um, but yeah, I think this is kind of, you know, a part of her, her overarching story, you know, as much as, like you said, they're going back and forth, but I think it's one of them things, and maybe I could be wrong, but it kind of feels like, you know, Fukuda don't want to be Miyagi. She wants to beat her, you know, because she, you know, she can tag with as much as she wants to, but if she can't beat somebody like, you know, Miyagi, then going against them other opponents really doesn't mean much. And obviously she you know, has some ways to go, uh, you know, because she, she took some shots, as we talked about on the last show in them tag matches, but, you know, you, you got to be able to topple, you know, ladies like Fukuda before you can, um, I mean, Miyagi before you can even get to that level. So I think as we've seen Miyagi grow in this space, we, you know, we've also seen Fukuda do the same. And it's just, it's interesting to watch because obviously we were talking about for the longest time where Miyagi was on losing streak. And now that yeah. seems to be yeah. a different way. And now Fukuda's story is building um, as, as Miyagi is rising. And it's interesting to see. But I, I do think eventually her story is obviously going to have to turn a corner. But I think it's going to be, you know, almost kind of like, um, what was the rivalry we was talking about? Um, Osprey and who was it? Was it the villain? Osprey yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that it, it could potentially be that. Except obviously I think the win-loss column may be a lopsided for some time but i do i do think this is a part of fukuda uh a story going forward because i think eventually she's going to get to that level it's just you got to take these losses now you know and it is of course it is, it is of course the way japanese wrestling has been built for years you have the underdog they lose and lose and lose and then they build some momentum and the fans do both fukuda she's you know she got a heck of a response at the end of the show and uh, yeah, this was good. I enjoyed it, even though it was short. But it's yeah. telling a story. It's using those parameters to tell a story in a much more visual way than some promotions are doing with one of microphones. To be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, then next up was Noriyuki Yoshida and uh, one of our favourites, Takanori Ito. They defeated the legend that is Minoru Tanaka, the special one, and um, one of our favourite baby faces, Samuel Watanabe, in eleven minutes and thirty-two seconds. <laughs> We've seen Yoshida before. He has been a guest on this show. He's a freelancer um, and he works mainly for, well, he works for everyone this year. He alone, he's wrestled for BJW. He's wrestled, wrestled for Zero One. He's wrestled for DDT, All Japan, Frontier Martial Arts Explosion, <laughs> freelance shows, Just Tap Out. That's Takamichi Noku's promotion. He's done everything. He's been there. He has done indeed that. Um, and so, so, you know, tagging up with Ito, so you kind of have a shooter and a wrestler up against a shooter and a wrestler. The only difference is the, the lads on one side are quite a bit bigger than the lads on the other side. So kind of a predictable ending, but a very entertaining little match as we went along. Yeah, and, and to your point, I think that's, that's where the intrigue came for the match, because obviously, like you said, the sizes are obvious, but... I liked, I think my favorite part about this match, how they switched that off back and forth. Like you said, shooters on shooters and the, and the uh, you know, the uh, 
more technically based guys on the uh, on the other side, and then they kind of switched them off towards the end and uh, kind of going back and forth. So it, it inevitably came down to a clash of wheels and primarily size, um, you know, for each other. Um, and you see who I think, think was the highlight here. Um, but it was it was just good stuff all around. I could definitely see these guys going again. And, and to say it was 11 minutes and 32 seconds, I almost felt longer. Um, I think that had to do with the enjoyment. Like I said, I think the switching off of, because you know, I, I think they started off with Ito and then Tanaka, and then Yushida and Watanabe. And then they kind of, like I said, they switched it towards the end, which made it, the, switching up those dynamics like that kind of really kept you on your toes with it. So um, I could definitely see them um, going again. If they do like a big tag tournament, I think these, these two going again uh, could be fun. Definitely. Um, though I do think that uh, there may well have been some intrigue as far as the tag team titles are concerned at the end of this show and which moves on to the second show it's almost as if during this entire show ito is looking for another tag partner <laughs> which i feel like we've talked about before uh... yeah yeah definitely but this was good it was fun watchable tag team wrestling it was it wasn't a great story match in the sense that it didn't really lead an awful lot but it yeah. makes more sense later on when you watch the rest of the card it's one of those it's like why are we watching this Okay, <laughs> yeah, it was. It reminded me of a. Um, if you go on YouTube, there's a channel called Motor Trend, and there's a um, a show called Faster with Finnegan, and there was a there was a show where they went to Atlanta Motor Speedway and they got one of the NASCAR regulars used one of those experience cars that they have at the tracks. They set a time with that, and then Finnegan and his mob had to buy a car from a scrapyard to go as close to that as they could. So they bought an old uh, bought an old Ford Fairmont and stick flare stuck at wheel arches on it so they could call it the Rick Flairmont. But <laughs> 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 they put a massive blower on this V8 engine that they stuck in it. And the guy from NASCAR is going, so that blower is probably not going to do you great for aerodynamics. And they went, well we had it in stock. <laughs> and this was a match like this we've got this guy here we're going to have to put him in a match and that seemed to be what they were doing with Yoshida he's here we've got him he's got to wrestle something so let's do this and that was fine well worth it in my opinion yeah never seems to amaze me no matter how many cons we know when it comes to the flair the pros of, of his ability over his career and, and, and you know imbue himself deep in pop culture just never seems to amaze me like he's 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 everywhere somewhere in, in, in various degrees of, of sports and, and entertainment. It's it's uh it's interesting. Like I said, the fact that it goes that far to NASCAR racing, <laughs> like it's it's uh it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah yeah no, it's, it was funny. Also, they got that car. They got a, a 1982 Ford Fairmont. So within five seconds of a NASCAR of a of a experienced NASCAR. So it was like it was insane also madly dangerous <laughs> anywho uh let us move on kato ishida defeated jun tonsho in nine minutes 23 seconds this is ishida who can't stand 60 seconds and is building himself a reputation <laughs> by going through 60 seconds at an alarming rate of knots um jun tonsho was next but this was a bit of a thriller ishida's a class act it shows jun tonsho and they can go, and by God, did they? 
I love this match. It was just anger and science all in one go. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of kind of Dragon Gate influence on this because Sheeda's an ex-Dragon Gate guy, and Tonsho is kind of like in that same junior heavyweight mold. But this was one of the best singles matches I've seen this year. Not because, and it's, it wasn't for a title. It's just a simple grudge match to kind of keep the story of Ishida going because obviously he's going to be the next big bad for the company and what Al Lindemann's going to have to watch out for in the end. But they're doing such a good job of presenting him in such a dominant fashion. And he's really good. And Tonsho is, is just as good in a different way. He needs a bit more experience. He's still a bit green. Watching these two go at it for nine minutes, I, I loved it. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the fact that it wasn't for a title because I had to go back and, and check the card. I'm like, they show this wasn't okay, it was just a regular singles match. It felt like it was for a belt. Um, the way that they go, and it's uh, one of my favorite things about 60 seconds, just besides the fact they kind of do remind me as an impact fan of the X Division, um, in some ways. Uh, these guys get a lot of smoke, and when you when you kicked it off. It was like Ishida don't like sixty seconds. I'm like, I couldn't tell. He just started it off with a with a <laughs> he started it off with a claymore to the poor kid. Oh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, but you know, another thing I love about the sixty seconds, they give as good as they can take, and they they take a lot of mess from a lot of guys, man. But they always meet them, you know, in the ring uh, for it. But uh, but like you said, they lining up Ishida to be that next guy, and obviously that carries over to the next call when he, I think he kind of pulled double duty. But yeah, this guy's. You know, he's uh, definitely somebody to watch out for. Like I said, Tom Show's got a ways to go, but he's another one that I've been loving, loving watching besides Ito and some other guys. But, uh, yeah, the fact that he's going through 60 seconds is, uh, I mean, that's 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 definitely interesting, you know, because while he may make it look easy, it's not these matches. It didn't go nine minutes, but nine minutes and 23 seconds, but it almost felt longer just because it felt like, and guys in 60 seconds are really good at this. They make singles matches feel like they've been feuding with guys for a real long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Ishida was in Strong Hearts, uh, sorry, Bulk Orchestra for seemingly about 30 seconds. Um, and at the end of the last show, we're just like, yeah, I don't really need you guys. I can do this without you. <laughs> um, which is it isn't uh, nice to have a different character, like having heels who aren't just like heels because they're in a faction and like having a different approach. Give some variety to the, and depth to the card. And she's great. Love watching him. Shall we move on to the next match? Yeah. Okay, so next up we had um, Takanori Ito again. Can't complain about double duty for Takanori Ito. Him and Masato Kamina, sorry, Masato Kamina, who we've seen him tag with before a couple of shows ago. Um, and they had a cracking tag team and they had some good matches. Today they were up against El Lindemann and Issei Anonskaya from uh, Strong Hearts. Um, Camino and Ito are probably the best pairing that Ito has been put in, been involved in since he started with um, uh, Glate, and it is kind of like a nice balance because he's a big shooter. Camino uh, is a big wrestler. They're both about the same size. It's kind of an old school kind of tag team, and they kind of bounce Lindemann and Anasuya. Yeah, of course they did take the win, um, and again it was kind of a size issue. But then again. You know, it's kind of like El Lindemann dealt with Ito Handley in his, in his title defense against him. So it's not like they got, you know, run out of the building. This was a back and forth match, 14 minutes, 35 seconds. Um, and, you know, it's got your uh, 
G-Rex uh, champion in El Lindemann in it, who's doing good things in uh, Super J Tag League at the moment. Um, and yeah, this was a solid outing. I did enjoy it. And I, I do think that Camino is the better partner for Rito, myself. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? No, same, because for a lot of them, we talked about this before, Ito can, can primarily go either way, but he feels more like a singles guy. Um, mm-hmm. So finding him a, a quality partner that can match him specifically against the champion and somebody like Issei, you know, it's, it's, it's really pivotal for somebody like him. Uh, so this was really a, a fun bout because it's not oftentimes that somebody like um, Linderman is on the back foot. Mm-hmm. But Camino was giving them all he could handle. Um, and they didn't really feel like they kicked into another gear until towards the end of the match. Um, but even still, it wasn't enough. And I think, to your point, like you said, it kind of proved what the match ended up going. The result, in a way, that, that Camino really is that ideal partner for, for Ito. They don't have to be, you know, buddy-buddy like a, you know, um, you know, like they're actual brothers. But they, you know, come in there, they get the work done, they... You know, they in sync enough to make it work. And, uh, yeah, they gonna be, they definitely going to be a problem going forward. Yeah. It does remind me of Minoru Suzuki and Takayama back in the mid-90s. They were the similar kind of big-eyed lads yeah. <laughs> that ran roughshod over nowhere. <laughs> um, and one night did an impersonation of the Crush Gals because they wanted to. And it's Takayama and Suzuki. Who's going to argue with them? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, there you go. Because they like the Crush Girls, so they were going to do it. They didn't. They dressed up as the Crush Girls. They wore red and blue swimsuits, like um, Jigasaw Nagara and Blind Assassin. Why not? There you go. That's it. Anywho, <laughs> let's just move on to our main event, which was for the G Infinity Interim Title uh, Tag Team Championships. There's a lot of interim titles floating around these days. Oh, that <laughs> word. Like... It's haunting now. It's <laughs> interim, interim. This. I'm like, somebody just got people tweeting, it's not real. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's an interim, undisputed champion. I, I think this is the thing. It's like when it first happened with. Um, it was it? It was Moxley, wasn't it? He went. Was it Moxley? Went, no, Punk went off injured. When Punk went off injured, it was the first time. It's like, well, that's kind of a cool kind of thing because that's what they do in mixed martial arts. That's all right. But because there've been so many injuries befallen two champions at the time, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> the thirty day rule, bring it back. It wouldn't be yeah. a bad idea at this particular point, you know? Because it's just like get the belt on somebody to defend it. But I suppose that's the pressure of like. You know, in this company, I don't mind. They do two shows a month. <laughs> it's not like it's wrestling every Monday night, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 um, less of an issue. But it's like if you've got someone who needs to defend on TV every two weeks, you kind of need someone to defend on TV for two weeks. But anywho, the title match was between Shigehiro Eerie and T-Hook, um, who went up against Colocants, that's Shima and Kazayashi. Now, of course... Uh, Kasima is a member of Stronghearts with Shigehiro Iri and T-Hawk and this kind of started off okay but it kind of descended into a little uh, strong worded confrontation between the two, the four veteran wrestlers um, T-Hawk and Shima especially having some words but it was a wrestling match for a title and that's kind of how Stronghearts roll you know, Kaz Hayashi isn't a member of Stronghearts uh, but he's been a long time friend of Shima 
they've tagged together for years as Collicants. So, you know, it was it's just the way it goes sometimes. You've got to have a wrestle you make for a championship, and this was what it was about. And it felt like a title match. And, you know, Kazayashi can't say enough about the guy. He's 46 years old and 47 years old, still goes like a train. I mean, Shima's not young either. How old is Shima these days? He looks at his cage match. Shima's 45. So combined age of 90 between them. And T-Hawk and Erie are just balanced pros. They've they've been around a long while. They know how to make a match work. And this was just the kind of title match environment that they needed. And the fans loved it. This was a great match. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Great match. Great. you know, also we had title switch, but you know, a lot of psychology in this match too, because again, much like you know, watching the match with uh obviously the G Max champion, um like Linderman, uh in this match we saw Sime Hayashi put Erie on his back foot. Like it's 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 he's not somebody you can really box in and once he gets that momentum going, he kinda reminds me of uh you know, somebody like a like a Keith Lee. Um, mm. that, that momentum shift. And so the fact that for, you know, for a good portion of this 19 minutes and eight seconds, they were able to either keep him out of the match or keep him down while he was in the match um, says a lot. Um, but like you said, these you know, four veterans, four guys that absolutely know what they're doing, even though, like you said, it broke down in the words that kind of almost heightened it a little bit, um, specifically with the, the title on the line. So, this was a great main event. I think one of my favorite things was they came up with a lot of combinations, both sides, uh, which mm-hmm. I really dug, specifically Seaman Hayashi versus Hero, because you, you got to pepper that guy with offense once you got him down. There, there's no other alternative, because once he gets up, you know, it's kind of a wrap. So um, I, I really dug what they did here. It kind of came down. You know, they do really good, Gleet does, about um, getting these main events. And I think we talked about it on – one of those last shows that was kind of probably going to be one of the shows of the year um, where they do real good false finishes. Yeah. Yeah. That's because that, that's another concept for us in particular that's been bastardized so much that it's kind of hard to believe, but they do a really good job um, doing it. So and mostly because, you know, they don't, they don't do this thing where it's like, Oh, this has to be the move that finishes the match. Like, no, like we go for, you know, we hit our big stuff. If that don't work, we go on for pinning combinations. That don't work, submissions. If that don't work, we're going to pepper it on with tag team moves. So um, I've always, you know, dug that mentality when it comes to watching these shows. And this main event was definitely worth it. And because of that, we got new, uh, I guess, interim G Infinity Champion. Indeed, mm-hmm. uh, we did. And that would be um, T-Hawk and Eerie, which moves us on nicely to the next show which was in Nishisuya Hall in Fukuoka Japan in front of 302 people the show opened with um, Shimitani and Tamora saying hey we never lost our belts we're still the champions and of course the interim champions Iri and T-Hawk came out um, but also Masato Kamino and Takamori Ito came out to challenge as well because they were they felt they were the number one contenders so the main event of this show would be a three-way G-Infinity title match between Bulk Orchestra's Chick Shimatani and Hayato Tomorrow as champions, Strong Hearts, Shigehiro Iri and T-Hook, the interim champions, and Masato Kamino and Takenori Ito, the number one contenders at the main event. But let us go back to the beginning. And 
we have that little bastard Keito Ishida again. He wrestled Isai Onitsaka, 8 minutes and 46 seconds, taking a break from beating up guys from 60 seconds. He beat up somebody from Strong Hearts instead. <laughs> um, he is. He's just horrible, and I love it. I can't complain. Yeah. He's brilliant at just being horrible. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh, watching, watching something in, in regards to uh, uh, a guy that recently uh, passed away that's a pop culture the guy Tommy Oliver, Jason David Frank. Indeed, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they, they were talking about like when he was the Green Ranger, how he, uh, when he was the evil Green Ranger, how he kind of always got into it with the, he was just giving the Rangers hell, and it was like his hands were rated E for everyone. And that's kind of what Ishida reminds me of. Because like you said, obviously he got, got his target on 60 seconds, now he's moving on the strong hearts. And obviously how this match went is like, you know, they could have did a, you know, like a full-on gauntlet here, and I feel like Ishida would have just came out on top. But uh, this this match with Ishida was a uh, it was a it was a cracking opener. But Ishida's just he's uh, he's on a different gear right now, which is fun to watch. Indeed, he's just relentless. His attitude, not his not his wrestling style, but his attitude reminds me an awful lot of Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. And there's a lot of there's an awful lot of old British heels in Zack Sabre Jr. like Jim Breeks and Tally O.K. and just annoying <laughs> people. Yeah. And Ishida's yeah. in that kind of category as well. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken, did, didn't he kick off this match with a running brain buster on his head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You, you got the you got the naughty little bastard comment right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I, when I did it, and I saw it, I'm like, wait a minute, did I did I fast forward and he kick off the match with a brain buster? And I was just... <laughs> Just cracking the guys. I, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, um, it's Brian Glover as well. Uh, Leon Harris, who was a British wrestler in the 1970s and Shakespearean actor, English teacher, and ended up being in Alien Three. Uh, <laughs> but he was a wrestler in the early early 80s, early 70s, and um, there's a famous match with him, which me and Dave Stevens talked about on the show I did with Dave's playlist, and. It's just, it's just he sat in a leg lock and uh, he's wrestling um, oh famous British wrestler but who just kind of lifts his car up and bangs him in the head and just sits there holding onto that leg lock and just goes you sit you need that bugger all night boy you'll not shift me and it's just like that's the, that's where I when I see Ishida that's it it's Leonardo's it's I don't care what you're gonna do I'm still gonna win anyway <laughs> and you need a guy like that every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and much to the point, um, Onitsuka could not beat Ishida. Ishida kind of bragged about it on the on the microphone afterwards and down to make the save and challenge Ishida was Ojishiba. But he didn't last very long. Three minutes and 22 seconds in another short dominating match because Ishiba was running on emotion and Ishida is running on brain power. And that was that, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really, it's really simplistic brilliance if you look at, it. like you said, uh, uh, Shiba was running on motion and thought he could capitalize on the exhaustion, and and Shiba's like, okay, I don't got time to to close the gap of something I've already lost from time in another match. What's the closest gap closing between me and the W? Oh, <laughs> submission, boom. So yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, which clearly Miyagi's been on as well, which we'll get. To. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, after this match, um, there was another challenge, uh, which was 
Who was it? Who came down at the end of this match? Uh, oh, it was him. I've got a taxi into sales. Was it the second? So, yeah, it was Keiichi Sato, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to remember his name, yeah. Keiichi Sato came down to challenge once again Ishida. And, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But that's kind of the deal. Yeah. Good stuff. Like I said, in 60 seconds, they not quit us. And they all, they definitely got the mindset, I'm going to get my lick back. Even if I take another L, I'm getting, <laughs> getting, I'm getting my lick back. So. Indeed. Um, speaking of 60 seconds, there was an interesting tag team mix of Jun Tancho from 60 seconds, tagging with Minoru Tanaka against uh, a new stable for Glate, which is Black Generation. That featured Flamita and Yutani. Um Black Generation are essentially from um, uh, Mexico and work on the Mexico Indies. They consist of Flamito, Demonic, oh, Emperado, Azteca, Yutani, Elemental, El Bendito, and Asian Jackson. Um, as you can imagine, that's a Spanish variation of Action Jackson. Uh, <laughs> um, but they're making their debut in um, Glade. And it was interesting watching this team because they are a proper badass heel team. And um, Mita and Yutani were great to watch. Of course, Minoru Tanaka has an awful lot of lucha experience, even though he's one of the baddest shooters that ever settled in a wrestling ring. He can do pretty much anything you want him to do. Um, and uh, John Tonsho will wrestle any style, give him the chance. And so this was a lot of fun. Nine minutes and 43 seconds. I think this is the thing about Glate and why we like it so much is there's just no slack. There's no one who's useless. They're all good. They all have character. They all can wrestle any style you want them to wrestle. And they they pick guys on the roster that can just go. And that's what makes it so much more watchable, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they, they, they also do a good job of throwing these guys in combination you wouldn't necessarily expect for, for some very surprising results. And, uh, you know, coming off the of last time we saw the guy, I'm like, Flamita's damn near tag team by himself. The way he yeah. moved the you know um and stuff like that so you you put him with somebody like Utani and like you said they're just a badass hill tag team and you know Tom Sean certainly Tanaka no slacks but there's just a different a mindset uh you know almost um a uh, very demonic mindset if you will with these guys and obviously for me like I said Flamita is a force and then you know that Fl- Flamita drive is is not something you necessarily kick out of so um I could ab- absolutely see these guys running this back but like you said I think Flamita and Utani, I think coming off of the last um, card would actually be a, a nice contender team for love for Ito and his new uh, his new partner. I'd I like to see that. I think that could be a good. I think that could be a show stealer, honestly. Yeah, I think it, I think you styles make fights and two luchadors against two power wrestlers. Yeah, that'd be cool to watch, wouldn't it? You know, power wrestlers who can go. It's not like yeah. they're you know wrestling the road warriors or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll move on. We were back on the UWF matches, and once again, it's Michiko Miyagi versus Maya Fukuda. And once again, the Miyagi's indifference to Fukuda and indifference to Fukuda's efforts shone through in this match, and she gave her another hammering. Fukuda managed to last five minutes and 45 seconds this time, but she was on the defensive for a lot of this particular match. She got some kicks in, um, and it's kind of interesting, like, she can't beat Miyagi, but she put in really good showings against the Sendai girls in the last previous months. 
It's interesting the dynamic of how she performs when she's representing Gleet compared to wrestling in Gleet. You know, when mm. she's representing Gleet and tagging with Miyagi in a in a shoot fight situation, she's actually a lot better. Mm. She can't figure out she cannot figure out how to land all those strikes she's got on Miyagi in an effective way. She did show some some small submission in this match, which was cool. She got a clock head scissors on Miyagi and a few other bits and pieces, but it was dominance and power that won the day in the end. Yeah, and then also I, I had my 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 clinics uh, already ready coming off of the last call because <laughs> uh, I'm like I don't I'm I'm hoping it goes some form of distance and it, you know like you said five minutes more, uh, which is progress you know. Um, you know, sometimes life is about a game of inches. Um, and like I said, Fukuda is on her way. It's just, you know, I think Miyagi is just one of them hurdles, and we're both watching them get better. Um, but, you know, I think watching Fukuda is, is as much as I have watching these shows. She's somebody that does really great. If she if she gets to the later round, she does these really great late bursts where she can put, put together a, a knocking out combination. But Miyagi's gotten really good of being able to block and take a lot of punishment and kind of, you know, absorbing in a way, kind of also egging the opponent on and then kind of just dropping them last minute or like she did here. Locking in that crab, I was like, oh, God, not the half crab again. Just tap because the, the first time she put it on, I really thought she was going to take a leg out of the stadium with her. Um, yeah. yeah. So this this time, I mean, I, th- I think obviously Fukuda's learning and she's growing. And learning from these experiences, just like like we talk about with orchestra, like you can put together any faction, but these guys are on a different tier. And it's hard to, you know, try to come up with combinations when somebody's just kind of out of your league a little bit. But, you know, this, is, this, isn't, a, this isn't a little bit. We're talking about inches to yards here. So um, we'll, we'll see how this goes. But, you know, uh, maybe, you know, Fukuda needs to, you know, get a different opponent, and then come back to uh, Miyagi. Yeah, it was interesting. Somebody was pointing out on Twitter the other day, and they, they posted a picture, and it was um, Kenta Kobashi versus Stan Hansen from back in the days in, in age of old Japan Pro Wrestling. And they pointed out that the uh, Kobashi fought Hansen 11 times in a year and lost 10 times. But on that last win... He unlocks something on the last match. He wins the match, but that wasn't the story. The story was Hansen fell apart because mm. it's taken that much out of him to keep the young boy at bay for so long that Hansen mm. didn't get a win for another six months. And I think that's the kind of kind of angle they're going with. Is you know it kind of it set it set up as a massive superstar, and it was an amazing thing that Hansen did that for him. But you know what I mean? It, it's the it's the um, it's how you like present your wrestlers and you know what they're willing to do to get people over for you. But I think that's where you're going with this kind of angle. Is you know it's it's very much kind of in that style of keep Fukuda ground down until she kind of breaks out, which is what will happen, and the yeah. fans will go with her because they love her. So yeah, it's one of my favorite stories that ever got told in, in New Japan and in, in the juniors was. You know the the story of attrition that that and which is this is basically what Fukuda is going through specifically with somebody like Miyagi. It's a story of attrition, like um mm-hmm. like what my boy Kushida had to go through with Tanahashi. 
you know, he was he was not beating him, and he had to grow and evolve, and and even you know pick up a new finisher, and 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 evolve to a new level to, to finally get back on top. And it was one of the best stories that they told. Of course, those are two of the best guys in in Japan, period, but certainly in the junior. So, uh, like you said, she'll get there. It's just gonna take time. But that's something we can hold, you know, Japanese wrestling to and appreciate is that they make the time spent worth it. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, you can say the same. You can say the same thing about Desperado's story in the sense of it's a kind of a different war of attrition in the sense of he didn't really want to be a star. He just wanted to be a wrestler. Then all of a sudden he finds himself in the place of being a star. After the guy that gets beat all the time for years on end, all of a sudden he has this magic run and then he's on top of the company. And then all of a sudden as well, if I'm going to be the ace, I should be the ace and explodes and has this incredible year. You know, um, which ran up to last Wrestle Kingdom. Well, yeah, just after Wrestle Kingdom, when he lost the title to Ishimori. But you know, he had that like six months magic run because because he'd been beaten down for so long. You know, that's how you make a star. So yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly how I felt watching uh, when Lucha Underground was uh, revving up. I'm like, Pentagon looks too cool to be taking these many L's. Like he yeah. looks too cool. And then obviously that that was another story where he grew and went from being a guy that couldn't, you know, could barely be Drago to somebody who was like, the minute you lose to that guy, roll out of the ring because you're not leaving with a healthy arm. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's always fun watching those uh, those type of stories and, and, and those guys grow. And then, like I said, Fukuda is on her way. It's just going to take time and maybe a different opponent, different opponent. Um, in the, in the near future, because I, I really do feel like if she goes again, um, Miyagi's gonna get 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 a limb off her, and it's probably gonna be one of them legs. So, yeah. Okay then, we'll move on. Uh, next, a special singles match: Yuiska against Quiet Storm. Seven minutes twenty four seconds. I love watching Yuiska. I love watching Quiet Storm. So watching these two wrestle each other was a nice break from the norm, even though it didn't really mean a massive amount, I suppose. It is trying to find a challenger for, of course, um, as Lindemann's G-Rex Championship. All singles matches are kind of going towards that end. Um, kind of like no-brainer that Quietstorm is going to win this. It's it's a size issue and an experience issue, and Quietstorm's just ace. <laughs> What's your thoughts, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, great point by you. Um, that's kind of felt like the story of both these cars. You know, all these are great matchups, but it comes down to, you know, like you said, experience. And, and you know, sometimes really it is the size of the fight, uh, the size of the dog in the fight, you know. Because um, if, you if you know, the other dog bites, you know, the big dog and the big dog don't flinch, well, it's like, okay, your claws and your teeth ain't going to work here, so I don't know what you're going to do. Um but yeah, this was this was great. Like I said, they, you know, Gleet does great by putting these matchups together and kind of allowing you to be surprised because they also do a great job of kind of um, laying out that it can be any given Sunday because we've seen rarely, but it's happened in bull orchestra matches where they have gotten caught slipping sometimes. Mostly though, with like unique pinning combinations later in the match. But uh, yeah, Quiet Storm. You know, everything in, in, like I said, they live up to the name Bulk. It's just thickness all around. They give you hell in tag matches. They give you hell solo. So, you know, like you said, why am I not a mean nothing? I think this is a help you um, in the future 
you know, obviously grow and still put quiet stones down somebody you just finna take down like that. The, the guys too, you know, he a, a better matchup would have been against him against uh, Erie versus you, but you know, that's that's now the super fight. Yeah, and Erie had some Harry had some business later in the day, unfortunately. So not in this particular case. Yeah. But yes. Oh, move on then to the semi-final. Shima, El Lindemann and Kaz Hayashi defeated 60 seconds. Koichi Sato, Tetsuya Ishiya and Soma Watanabe. 40 minutes and 57 seconds. This was just kind of an entertaining match for the sake of having an entertaining match, as you'd expect from these six wrestlers. Everyone can go, so they went. <laughs> yeah. And they went, went long. It was just solid wrestling. It's just like... I find it hard to believe I've been watching Kazayashi wrestle literally for 25 years now because I've obviously watched him in WCW and I've seen him wrestle, you know, <laughs> it's a bit like, um, you know, Chelsea was saying, like, uh, I said I've been watching Kiyoshi Kiyoshi Maiga wrestle for literally for, oh, 30 years or 33 years when we did the Jushimaji retrospective. She went, wow, you've been watching uh, Jushin Liger longer than I've been alive. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, you know, and he's still going. And he's the creative guy behind this company. You know, he knows what he's doing. And this is a fun match. And, they're, you know, the young guys in 60 seconds, somewhat Nabi, they're the future of the company. They're doing their level best to keep them over. And, yeah, no, it's good. I enjoyed this match because um, it's just a good wrestling match. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. There wasn't nothing, nothing, you know, specifically deep on the line. Just two great things. I mean, look, always rooting for 60 seconds and then, you know, Seaman, L. Lindemann, Hayashi, you know, read the combination themselves. So, you know, the fan, this was, you know, the fans won here. Um, and, you know, to your point about, you know, watching Hayashi for all those years, that's, that's another great thing about getting into, you know, the Japanese wrestling. It feels like a lot of their performers last longer. Because I yeah. was, as you were talking about it, I'm like, how many people can we even say that about on my side of the pond? I'm like, okay, like, okay, I've been watching Jericho for, for like more than half my life. And somebody like, ironically enough, somebody who is out with something serious right now in Orton and maybe some other guys here there. But it's not like a, a long list of guys who, who have those long careers, whether it be um, – willfully or, or, or otherwise because a lot of times these guys have it taken out of their hands unfortunately but uh yeah they just they just they just hold up longer maybe it's to do with you know the style allows them to uh their bodies to to evolve in a way with the style so they they kind of you know mold a different level of toughness but um yeah it's always amazing to see specifically because none of these guys look the age oh no how's the actual looks around about 32 yeah it's really 46 oh I was talking. I was actually uh, talking with, with one of my good friends who I do an, uh, I do another show with, and he was talking about like, he was talking about like it's like China Hashi is drinking from the same pool like Angela Bassett is. They got to be, because it's you know China Hashi is one of those guys, and it's weird with China Hashi too. Hiro, obviously Hiroshi China Hashi. I'm talking about. Like he cuts his hair, and it's like he knocks off 15 years or something. It's weird. Oh yeah, it's weird. Oh, I'm. At the minute, he's um, tagging with Toriano in in World Tag League, um, and in the Bebop tag team, and he's kind of cut his hair into a mullet, and he he does look like the because the the story is back in the eighties there was a a manga and an anime called Bebop, which was about two bullet two high school bullies called Hiroshi and Toru, 
So last year, Yano and Hiroshi started tagging together and they started coming to the ring wearing these ring, wearing these nice sharp ring jackets, having 80s throwback haircuts and holding all these posters from the manga. And, the, and it's just like, A, he looks younger because he's had this like stylish haircut, but also just because he just is having fun with Yano. Watching him, watching Tanahashi and Yano tag together is just like watching two best mates having a blast. <laughs> it's like, I wish they could tag all year long. I know they can't because they've got individual stories to tell. But it comes to World Tag League and it's just like, they, they're, they're just a, so fun to watch. Which, you know, it's just... Yeah. Which, you, you think, which kind of throws you off because it's like... You know, you got the, and I almost call you like the Yano, the Yano expert, because like if, if you just jump into New Japan, you watch Yano, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get it, and you're really not supposed to, because I think Yano's somebody that that <laughs> grow an appreciation with over time as I have. Um, but you know, yeah. it's Yano and Tanahashi. Like Tanahashi is this this goat god, and Yano is like, no, I'm like I'm just here doing my thing, whatever that looks like, whatever I need to do, you know. And, and but but. I think that's another brilliance about the tag league. It, it breeds ground to put those kind of combinations together that you never thought you'd like. like no, the exactly. fact that somebody like Goto and and um, uh, Yoshihashi yes. have had so much success, you know, and you never thought that'd go. But in a lot of in a lot of ways, they got some similarities in terms of certain aspects of their journeys in New Japan. Uh, and then, like you said, they 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 had some great tag team success. So. It's great seeing those combinations and like you know, listening to you on like Yano and Tanahashi. This must be like watching a Saturday morning cartoon in the best of ways. It's it's nice. <laughs> just just so much fun to watch them wrestle. I'm glad they did it again this year because it is just like I mean it's being pushed as Tanahashi's like Tanahashi's last chance to get to the Tokyo Dome because he's out of the title picture for every for every championship, he's out of the title picture. So he's they've got to win this. <laughs> to get to the Tokyo Dome, and it's like you don't put it past them. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. They lost the first two matches, and the, they had the third, third match today, which they won. And I'm like, I'm not writing them off yet. I'll write them off when the when you get the last two. I because because if they got to the final, them two versus FTR would be actually a mad classic because Yano tries. <laughs> the only way I write off Tanahashi is, is, is if it absolutely comes down to like it's it's a numbers game and they just don't have it. I don't bet against. I'm not gonna watch New Japan for all these years and bet against Tanahashi. It's not what you do. They don't call him the ace for no reason. Like no, like but, said, even when he's at thirty percent, his thirty percent is is so many other guys that we see across both sides of the aisles a hundred percent. So it's. You know, you you don't bet against Tanahashi, and, and and having Yano in his corner is, is like the ultimate wild card anyway. So you know. Oh yeah, we'll talk about what happened on today's World Tag League show on yesterday's when you've listened to this today in World Tag League and today at Super Junior Tag League. So you should listen to that show because Marcus is going to join me for that. Okay then, so we get to our main event for the G Infinity Tag Team Champions, current champions uh, Chek Shimatani and Hayato Tamara. Up against interim champion Shigehiro Iri Tiok and against new one contenders Masato Kamino and Tekunori Ito in a bit of an odd match, to be honest, because the match works like this. It's a regular three-way tag team match. However, they started with three people, and then when somebody tagged out, they got down to two, which was a bit weird. But I think they had an idea of the spot they wanted in mind. And the basic story of this match 
was an absolute gut check performance from Czech Shamatani, knowing his partner had a broken hand, couldn't wrestle at full strength. And basically, Tamura batted clean up while Shamitani did the bulk of the work and kept everybody occupied for 24 minutes until they finally managed to sneak out a victory. It was kind of an epic tag team match from that point of view. I'm not the biggest fan of multi-person and multi-team matches, as regular listeners to the show know, but this one just worked. It clicked. You've got the right guys at the right time and the right story to tell. And even though Shimitani, again, is an annoying little bastard, <laughs> he, he does know how to make this match work. And he does know, he did know what to do and make sure this kind of like had a lot of thriller aspects to it that just so easy for these matches to fall apart. And Shimitani was the glue guy that kept everything together because. In a, this has got a lot of moving parts. An awful lot of things can go wrong. And, and Shimitani was the guy who spent most of his time in the ring. So he kind of had to general things. And he did an amazing job. And this is just like, in even if you don't enjoy Japanese wrestling, but you want to know how professional wrestling should work, this is the match you should watch. Because this is far too many rules <laughs> hmm. in what should be a straightforward kind of thing. And it requires a lot of concentration and a lot of like keeping your eye on what's going to go where to, for, to, for it to be able to for it to be able to work yeah and i mean the interesting part here like it's, it's not many times you know people listen to this show and me and me, me and you will be divided on something i actually like those added aspects to matches more when it's like mm-hmm. more people because there's a there's a an up um degree level of difficulty with those and if you get the right people like a lot of times in those those multi-man X Division matches, it, it shows an elevated level of brilliance because it should, like to your point, it should be nothing but chaos. And yet it comes off like like an effortlessly executed, you know, game plan. So when you see stuff like this, like you said, it always comes down to obviously the level of skill and experience, but you know, telling that story. And Boko Kester always has some kind of devious scheme and and you know. You know, you'll never be able to talk about the guy at this point without saying an annoying little bastard because that's that's exactly what he is. And then obviously you got they kick off the match with like a peck off, I guess they had. <laughs> See them all into what it did. And like you said, it kinda molly threw me off because I'm like it went from a three-way, which I appreciate coming from, you know, a long time impact guy with reverse battle royals and whatever else they came up with over the years. Um but then it, like you said, it kind of evolved into a two two-way thing, which again ups the level of difficulty because then you just have to get in where you fit in if you will and kind of find your spot which works to the injury um which you said to the cartoonish level of coming off like an oven mitt almost um but yeah this just worked i i wouldn't hope they don't do this a lot because this doesn't even seem like a glee norm really but um mm-hmm. Yeah, this was this was fun, and and obviously Boko Kester is back in the you know back with the back with the straps. So you know, it, this was a no lose situation. These, these are all ace guys in this match. So yeah, this this was just fun. This was it's it's nice that they kind of kept the the G-Rex Championship as a proper serious championship. It's not that they're not taking this championship seriously, but they are having a little bit of fun with it. Um, and you know. That's what makes Greston great. It's variety. You know, when you've got a, when you've got a, a roster that's this small, 
you've kind of got to do some interesting and surprising things. And this is kind of, they lived up to that with this, didn't they? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, with, with, you know, over on my side of things, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of quantity with varying degrees of quality with, you know, obviously watching Glee, you know, you got a certain amount of qu uh, quantity, but it's all quality. Like you said, you know, there, there are no bums on this roster. Even, even going back to one of the last shows that we did um, with the, um, the character of the really old man. Yes. You know, that, yes. That, that, had own, that had its own thing to it, you know, and why is it not necessarily my cup of tea? I appreciate it for what it was and where it was. Um, obviously, they don't make that thing a, a norm, you know, so it's 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 always great to, you know, like you said, they, they find brilliant things to do with what they have, which is necessarily a large plethora, but I think that's where they thrive at, them knowing that they don't need to overinflate their roster to create consistently quality shows. And it also benefits, like you said, they don't do it like, what, two, two big shows a month. Um, so it you know that 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 all kind of syncs up very well you know indeed in fact we can preview i i have i have the cards for the next two shows so we can preview them because uh we've got announced cards uh episode 39 will be shima say kichi sato and sugi versus hartley jackson masato kimono and takanori ito in the opener that should be pretty good uh mid and you have any comment on that, Marcus? Oh no, that's 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 gonna be oh lord, they run it. Oh, the next one, okay. Uh. <laughs> Michiko Miyagi versus Maya Fukuda in the never-ending story of a UWF rules match. Um, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I hope you know Fukuda's going going to the drawing board and watch. I don't know how many people sit back and watch tape. Um. Uh, with, with some of these guys, but she definitely could benefit from it. I don't know. I'm mean, like I said, you got to you got to damn near get like a one one shot KO with Miyagi, which Fukuda has the ability to do. But finding the opening to do it, that's that's the you know degree of difficulty, and she has to stay off that map because, like I said, Miyagi's coming for that leg next time. Hey, speak, 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 speak. Speaking of Odia, Yuiska versus Minoru Suzuki. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a far gone, gone conclusion to me. This is, you know, I appreciate you, but if he couldn't get past, you know, Quiet Storm, you know, the, the death grandpas, and, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's somebody else I don't bet against. And I know somebody that can can take L's like it's nothing because, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of past legendary status at this point. But I don't I don't see the kid doing it. I don't I, not this time. No. Um, Minoru Tanaka and Samoa Anabe versus Flamita and Yutani. Yeah, I'm, 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 I've done it being completely transformed into a Flamita guy, so I'm not, I'm, I'm going with Flamita. Okay. Tatsumi the Dragon Fujinami, the living legend and former ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Kazayashi. I'm banking, I'm banking with your guy, I'm going with Kaz. I, I would say so, because Fujinami is like 60. <laughs> 68, in fact. So, yes. <laughs> I'll go with Kaz as well. Uh, Yuntasho, Oji Shibai, Tetsuji Isuchiki versus uh, Stronghearts, Issei and Asaka, Shigeru Iri, and T-Hawk. 
this going to be a hell of a match. But much like these last two calls, I think it's going to come down to size. And, and strong calls got the size in this in this uh, situation. Oh, intriguing. Um, a special throwback to Michinoku Pro. Um, Jinshie Shinzaki, as in um, famous tag team partner of Hayabusa and, and Great Muta and uh, wrestler in uh, WWF in the 1990s for that incredible match he had with Bret Hart, with, and whose name there was Hikushi. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Super Dolphin and Taka Michinoku versus Hanzo. Shiru and the great Sasuke. So literally the entire Michinoku Pro roster all in one match. And the glorious mentalist that is great Sasaki, who takes insane bumps at the age of 53 years old when really he should not be bothering. Um, recently fell off the ladder whilst in a barrel at Kurokan Hall. I've seen that several times. <laughs> so yeah. That, I had no idea who wins that. I'll be honest. It was back in the day. It was usually Sasuke and Shiro who won that. So I'll go with them. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going one hundred, but when I seen these names, I was one hundred percent going to lean on your wisdom for this one. So <laughs> then we'll just sit back and enjoy that one. Yeah. G Infinity Tag Team Title Match: Chuck Shibatani and Hayato Tamura are going to defend against Kyoto Ishida and Quiet Storm. Ooh. That's gonna be. I think that's gonna be a JR slobber knocker right there. Um, but you know, uh, Shimatani and Ayato work to get those those straps. So I don't know if they're gonna get knocked off. But I mean, it's kind of. I mean, you know, this is Boko Kestra all around. So you know, you're not gonna get any you know slacking in this match. No, definitely. Um, bizarrely. Eight-man tag match that happens after that. Flamita, Hartley Jackson, Keito Ishida, and Yutani versus Chek Shimatani, Hayato Tamura, Quiet Storm, and Tetsuya Izuchi. <laughs> not making this easy, but I am so looking forward to the show. Um, man, I don't even know if I want to call a winner for this. This is just going to be a this going to be a show stiller. Um, yeah, so it's it's. It's the guys from um, oh, what's that? But the, the it's the guys from Black Generation, yeah, and Hartley Jackson, yeah, versus versus three guys from uh, oh. Bulk Orchestra and somebody from Sixty Seconds. Yeah, and going back to what I was saying earlier about that great that size and style differential too. That's this is a great. They really matched this up well. Yeah, Man. I mean, yeah, that's going to be intriguing. Yeah. Um, uh, next on the on 40 we have on the 40th show they will have some what now being Uiska versus John Tonsho and Kichi Sato with 60 seconds it should be John uh, Tonsho 60 seconds come on give me a card uh, gonna go yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna go with 60 seconds hopefully <laughs> My boy Tasha could use a <laughs> uh, Next up after that, they have um, Magnitude Kishiwada, who's got a brilliant name versus this and it's like, honestly, I've not seen him wrestle, or I may have done, but just not as this character. Um, mm. So he's going up against it the same on, on Osaka, so not really sure. So the guest tendency to the guests do have a tendency to go over <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if they're paid enough for them. 
got oh well yeah that makes sense um this is gonna be my introduction to magnitude and like you said it is a, it is a great name but i'm i'm going for uh, Issei because he put in uh he's another one i like watching along with you know guys from 60 seconds and stuff like that who puts in a lot of work for his matches so i'm, I'm gonna go with Issei. definitely minoru tanaki and oji shiba versus shima and sichi ikimoto we've seen sichi ikimoto he's the shooter from um battle arts that comes and does the the, the uwf matches so that would be intriguing because I don't know who wins that. It's Minoru Tanaka, you know, Shishiba. Obviously, she was from 60 Seconds and Tanaka is pretty Minoru Tanaka. Um, yeah. But, but um, yeah, Ikimoto hasn't won too many matches. So it's, mm, it's a difficult one. That should make it interesting, though. Yeah. Um, a Lumberjack match. Michiko Miyagi versus Chuck Shimatani in an intergender Lumberjack match. I mean, that's an interesting concept, to say the least, and I do at least appreciate that Glee doesn't necessarily shy away from doing the stuff. They just don't do it. They just don't uh, um, overflow their shows with, like, yeah, I guess I guess we can call it a gimmick match. Um, so this will be interesting because um, Miyagi, like I said, she she has a veracity and the, and the, obviously I feel like the impact of, of most guys. So that'll, that'll be interesting. Hopefully... The match itself will be better than a lumberjack potential shenanigans, um, but you never know specifically if it's like a lot of bull vocal orchestra outside. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, Ashi and Tetsuya Zuchiki versus Strong Heart Sugar to Hugo Hero Erie and T Hawk. That should just be a fun blast, really. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Black Generation uh, come back for the main event with Flamita, Hartley Jackson, Keito Ishida, and Yutani versus Volko Orchestra, Masato Kamano, and Takanora Ito. So that should be interesting. The Volko Orchestra guys will be Hato Tomorrow and Quiet Storm. A lot of beef on that side of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's missing meals on that, on that bulk side of the ring. Nobody's <laughs> missing any meals. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I am looking to see if they can top them all. Cause like I said, Flamita's a force his own. Officer Harley Jackson, you know, uh, bringing some size and, and, and Tani. So um, yeah, they they really got some interesting matches. This is a shorter call, but I feel like it may have the potential to hit hit harder. We'll see. Also, I think that I think the first call just got those final two tag bouts, just a different level. But this this last one got definitely is intriguing. Indeed. And that wraps us up for our coverage of Glate. No doubt we'll be back in a couple of weeks when version 40 comes up. I'll even be next week at this rate of months, but we'll see. Um, thank you for joining us today. Marcus, where can we find you on the internet, sir? Yeah, on uh, hopefully what's left of Twitter. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah, at uh, Paradox Kid, that's P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. Always down in chat. Yeah, you can uh, find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter, Sheriff Lone Star TX on Instagram, but that's nothing to do with wrestling or anything like that. Um, there is the Troopany Show Instagram, which is Troopany Show. There is the Troopany Show Twitter, and we're also on Discord, also Troopany Show Pod. That's Troopany Show Podcast, and we're on Patreon, where you keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. You may have noticed we are currently edging our bets as to what happens with Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, Chelsea's checking out Hive for us at the moment. I understand. She's seeing how it goes. She's 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 do, pulling one for the team and seeing how Hive develops. 
Um, but yes, uh, unfortunately, you know, we have a lunatic uh, in charge of Twitter, so there we are. <sighs> anyway, uh, I'll be back probably at least several times this week with today as the World Tag League and Super Tight Junior Tag League continues. We'll be back next week, arguably, possibly Gleet, probably something. We did promise a Thanksgiving episode, but John was unfortunately busy this weekend and we needed to get the Gleet stuff done anyway. Uh, so maybe we'll do a belated Thanksgiving episode because I have an idea for that. So that'll be quite cool. Um, yeah. Kind of running into the holidays is the deal. So there you go. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you very much for listening to this today. Go back. Me and Marcus are now off to record today at Best of Super Juniors, or today at Super Junior Tag League and World Tag League. And uh, we'll speak to you next week. Take care. Bye.